Creativity alone just won't cut it. The C Word is a podcast about when creative meets business. You're in a place for designers who want a creative business in which they're valued. Great client relationships, work to be proud of, and the moolah to show for it. All with your sanity and creative mojo intact. Join me, Beck Hughes, your creative business cheer squad, for weekly chats to inspire and spur you into action. Let's challenge the BS, the shoulds, the fads and the FOMO and find what works for you. On today's episode of the C Word podcast, I'm talking to Nikki from Seedling Digital. The core topic of this chat was to dive into the opportunity for designers to create a revenue stream through web design, particularly website development, something that Nikki is the absolute queen of, and I'm a huge fan of too. It's something I did myself, and no joke, it doubled my revenue almost overnight. I won't say overnight, but it did double my revenue fairly quickly, not to mention it gave me a really valuable skill that I will now always have. However, We also have a really down-to-earth chat about Nikki's recent diagnosis with ADHD and autism, and also her journey as a self-taught designer and web dev. If you want to be inspired to just try things, to give it a go, this episode is for you. What I love most about this episode is how accessible and doable Nikki makes the tech side of web development to everyone because that's sometimes the most scary bit or the most daunting bit. She's open and honest and doesn't make it seem like this special club just for the coding click. And what I love most about Nikki is she's a natural born one woman cheer squad. She really is. Nikki wants everyone to succeed, particularly to make money with WordPress. And she's an open book about that and everything else, really. Nikki has worked in marketing for 10 years and has been a freelance digital designer for over three years. I would prefer to say gun business owner and entrepreneur, actually. She's a qualified teacher, which you may not know, which is one of the things that makes her so adept as a course creator and a mentor. And if Nikki had to binge watch something on repeat, it would have to be Beyonce's homecoming documentary. That might be the only thing we disagree on. Sorry, Beyonce fans. Check out the show notes to find out how you can connect with Nikki and follow her to soak up everything she has to share about WordPress website development as a revenue stream. Pin back your ears and let's get started. Hi, Nikki. <laughs> Welcome to the C Word podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, darling. I'm excited uh, for this you. chat. Yeah, me too. Yeah, love chatting with you. <laughs> I think I, I'm, in fact, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say on this topic. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> <I feel like laughs> this could even be a, like a two part podcast episode. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, given our previous chats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I should warn you that before I get into any kind of meaningful chatter, I do like to put my guests under some stress, ask them some really (laughs) difficult questions. Okay, cool. Just to warm things up and set the tone for the rest of the podcast. Icebreaker. I love it. (laughs) So there are some rules to this round. Yep. Bring it on. Number one. 
you can't make up a different answer. You've got to pick one of the two that I give you. Oh, no. (laughs) You can't turn the questions back on the interviewer. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) And you can't choose both. Okay. Oh, that's a hard one. All right. Okay. But those uh, sometimes I say decisiveness is my superpower. So let's see how we go. <laughs> oh, well, this is going to be the test. Okay. These, those rules have evolved over time because I've had some cheats on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready? I'm ready. This is a cheeky one. North Island or South Island? You know what? Of I'm New Zealand. Zealand. No, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm from the North Island. So I feel like that would have to be my default. But I've always said if I was ever going to move back to New Zealand, I think I'd move to like Wanaka or something like that because I can never do like a shitty cold winter without anything to show for it. Like if there's no snow, I don't want winter. Like I, I just was at the beach before this call and I was like, God, how good is Gold Coast winter? Like I actually think I like Gold Coast winter more than I like summer here um, because I love cold water. I love cold plunging and I'm still swim regularly throughout the winter, but it's so glorious during the day. So I could never go back to like murky, rainy, freezing cold for no benefit, if that makes sense. So look, I'm from the mm, UK. I've got yeah. drizzle in my DNA. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> No wonder you're here now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Squarespace or Wix? Oh, my God. I That's know. a tough one. A Do you one. know, um, this is actually something I found out recently and I was very intrigued by. Wix has a way higher percentage of, like, all of the websites in the world than Squarespace does. I can't remember what the exact figures were, but I 100% thought it would have been Squarespace, but it's not. It's Wix. Um, but I would probably go Squarespace because I've used it in the past before and I think for beginners it is quite a user-friendly platform while at the same time giving you like quite a beautiful website I think within that whenever you're using a template I really would recommend finding one that you like the look of and not deviating from it like not changing it around because that really messes with the responsiveness um, and like the design and the layout and all of those things but like without really knowing how to use CSS and code, you're not going to get anything like out of the box with either of those platforms, which is why I don't love them. Um, but yeah, if I had to pick, it would be Squarespace, I think. <laughs> well done. Well done for sticking to the rules, you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I feel like Squarespace is like the graphic designer of the web builder space because mm. it they're going, here's a little bit of flexibility for you, but don't mess with it. Yeah, Stick within the boundaries, follow yeah. the rules. Don't mess with my beautiful looking brand yeah, guidelines. I or agree with that. Yeah, whereas Wix is probably almost dangerously too flexible. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's some very bad looking Wix website DIY things that I've seen. So, correct. Now, chocolate or cheese? Oh, that's a very hard one. I would, I would have to say chocolate because I eat chocolate every day. <laughs> I don't eat cheese every day, but that's the hardest one yet. <laughs> And then if you say chocolate, you've always got to say whether it's milk or dark. Always dark. Yeah. I can't stand milk. (laughs) I would rather just not have it. Yeah. (laughs) MasterChef or Hunted? I've not watched either. I think if I'd watched either, I would probably have to go for Hunted. But can I like, can I make my own rule and throw in a third option? (laughs) Go. Okay. You're allowed one. The Bachelor. The Bachelor, but Ooh. not the Australian version. Definitely only the American version. 
or the bachelorette I love it I've been watching it since I was like 12 years old it's like my my only show that I watch consistently I don't mind a bit of the bachelor and my daughter who is 10 is desperate to watch it and I'm like no (laughs) (laughs) maybe some of the earlier seasons like it really used to be like kind of nice and now it's like I guess a sign of the times like a lot of them are Instagram influencers and there's all this chat of like are they there for the right reasons none of the relationships last but it's still a very entertaining show yeah if you're an adult you can separate how toxic they are Yeah. yeah totally okay all right I will allow it um group catch up or home alone with your uggs um oh god I would say home alone with my uggs (laughs) um group I find group catch-ups very overwhelming like I I have like lots of little friends like not little friends but lots of friends that are kind of like friendships on their own like I don't have a lot of like group friendships anymore I think I find catching up with a lot of people at once really overwhelming and this comes back to me being ADHD and having autism which I've recently learned but it's something that I've always like I come away from those things and I'm just kind of a write-off for the rest of the day so any like networking events and like business or anything like that I just kind of my brain will just switch off for the rest of the day and I just need to go home and lay on the couch um so I think I really like like my friendships that I have when I can go and have a coffee catch up with someone and just get really deep with them love it and the last one which I personally quite like I'm quite interested to know what you're going to say on this one yeah would you prefer to be embarrassed or be afraid embarrassed I had a coach where I did a coaching session like a full day coaching session with someone recently and they said to me like what would you do if you weren't afraid of failing and I was like I don't think that question really applies to me I don't really have like hesitations in my brain I if I want to do something I'll do it and nothing will stop me like no reason and it's kind it's almost like an impulsivity thing um, which can get me in trouble and has got me in trouble and can be a big waste of time um like when I follow like shiny object syndrome but I I actually like that about myself I like that I will just do things and follow my bliss and I don't think I would change that because I think it's got me to where I am today so yeah yeah and that is a trait that I think lots of us would aspire to we would love to bottle that and have yeah. it ourselves thank you for humoring me on that now I do <laughs> we are going to talk specifically about your superpower in a way, which Mm -hmm. is helping other creatives bring website and web dev in particular into their businesses as a revenue Mm -hmm. stream. And I Mm -hmm. do want to talk about that. But you just touched on your recent diagnosis, ADHD Mm -hmm. and autism. Yeah. And if it's okay with you, I would love to have a chat first about what that means for you, what that has meant for you in your business. Yeah. If you feel like sharing any of that. Yeah. It's something that is very recent and I'm still... 100% feeling the effects of it. I originally saw a doctor because I had started seeing things that I resonated with, like on social media about people with ADHD. And I was like, I have that, I have that. And then a friend actually, who is a fellow entrepreneur, she shared that she was recently diagnosed and she's local to me. So I messaged her and I said, okay, what's the deal? Like, what were your symptoms? What made you go and do this? Who did you see? Like, tell me everything. And I kind of picked her brain and then went to the same doctor that she did. And from there, basically, I I just kind of wrote a list and I was like, I went in and I spewed my guts out and I was like, these are all of the things I struggle with. And he was like, yep, I think you have ADHD. 
And I also think you have autism. And I was like, whoa, okay, that didn't, that wasn't on my register. <laughs> so that was a bit of a shock. Um, and it's something that side I haven't leaned into as much because I think I'm still kind of coming to terms with it. The more I go down the path, the more I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. There's things that are bubbling up. I'm breaking down and figuring out. So from there, I had to go and do like a whole bunch of tests and paperwork. I had another appointment with him to go through my results. And then I will have one more with him where he will refer me to a psych and I get my official ADHD diagnosis because in Australia, you need to see a psychologist, not just a doctor, because it's a, a very highly regulated medication for it. It's funny because when I started saying it to my friends, everyone was like, you don't have ADHD. You get so much done. That was the thing that I heard over and over again. Yeah. And I have my whole life. Like I've always been a doer in my previous job. My boss, if something wasn't happening within the team, they would bring me on to make it happen. <laughs> so it's definitely, again, one of my superpowers. I can get shit done, but I can get something done to the detriment of everything else. That thing becomes my thing. And when I'm in a period of intense like focus, they call it hyper-focus. I can work for 10 hours straight and not pee, not eat, nothing. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm late to go pick up my kids. That's a regular occurrence for me. And the same token, I can be hyper-focused on something for like three weeks straight and want to work on the weekends, want to work in the evenings, not sleep. It's not healthy in some ways. So yes, I get a lot done, but I think coming off the back of a period like that, which is actually where I am at the moment, I will just crash and I just can't do anything. It's not depression. It's not, I'm not sad. I'm not crying. It's just like my brain can't turn on. I just can't. Like <laughs> It's like a fog. Yeah. And often these periods manifest when I'm really overwhelmed as well. It's often at a time when I can't afford to take that time as well. So for me, it's like if I get this medication, hopefully that can help bring a more level playing field would be my ideal. So yeah, that's a bit of where I am. Has that diagnosis changed the way you see yourself in your business? Totally. I'm just coming through one of those down periods and I never know how long it's going to last. It's really probably been about a week for me and I've just done nothing. I've just completely not been answering my emails. I've just been on the couch. And for me, it's actually been the most liberating time. It's the first time I've gone, okay, this is just a part of who I am and just surrender to it and just do it and just enjoy the trash TV and stop making yourself feel bad. But then also it's the most frustrating because I'm at this period where I've got to diagnosis, but I don't have anything I can do about it. So I don't have the medication. ADHD is actually a dopamine deficiency. So one of the things that um, I really learned is that if you can get your dopamine up, it can help you get back on track. So doing things like walking, exercising, eating well, getting enough sleep, cold plunging, like all of the things that I've always known help me, they would help. But I'm just not at a point where I can even do those things. So I have been crying because I'm just so frustrated. And I had a chat to my husband about it and he's like, yes, but would you be where you were if you didn't have it? Would those up periods have been as high? Would you have got as much done? There is a lot of research about people with ADHD being more likely to be entrepreneurs and make more money and all of these things like be high achievers. So there's definitely positives and negatives. Look, it's interesting. And oh, I didn't even know about the research, but I was going to say mm. to you that even anecdotally, there seems to be a correlation between people recognize as ADHD and who are also very successful or innovative yeah. business owners. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's your ADHD that then 
got you into what we're about to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to get a little bit of background. What were you first, Nikki? Were you a graphic designer or were you a web developer? What came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if there is an answer to that because I kind of fell into this naturally and organically and I don't have any formal training. So I actually, my business journey has not been linear at all. I actually started my own skincare business about 10 years ago, um, just from playing and making things for myself and trying to replicate some of the stuff that I liked um, and giving it to my friends. And then everyone loved it. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should sell this. So I turned that into a business. So (laughs) yeah, so I had a skincare business first. And with that, I did all of the design work. Um, I think it's that thing of like, when you know what you like, and you can't communicate it and you're creative and you just, I just started playing with design software. So like Illustrator and things like that. Yeah. From there built my own website, which I built on Squarespace and then um, did really well with that business. And I built quite a good social media following. And then from that, I actually ended up getting a job in corporate marketing because of my success in social media. So they hired me as a social media manager again, with no formal training, I actually have a degree in early childhood education. So a bachelor of teaching. (laughs) So again, this comes back to my ADHD. I have like shiny objects and follow the thing. So I worked in a corporate role for a few years and in that role, I became like more and more specialized into the website area. So it was like digital marketing. And then I kind of became the go-to on the team for any design work. And I also managed the website And then, yeah, through that role, I just kind of picked up more and more skills. I did a lot of short courses. I ended up like losing my job when I was pregnant with my first son. They just kind of said, oh, we don't need your role anymore. And I was four months pregnant and I was like, what the fuck do I do next? So that was horrible. But a friend of a friend had said, oh, my uncle needs a website. Do you you do websites in your job? Do you want to like do a website for him? So I had started to do like a little bit of freelance web design stuff. And then when I went out on my own, I just went, these are the things I like, like branding and websites. And I went from there and I (laughs) really just, I started charging $500 for a brand package and not knowing what the hell I was doing. And same with websites, taught myself WordPress and then went from there. So they really just came at the same time, I think. A big part of your business is educating Mm. other creatives around web development. Yeah. So at what point did that transition come? Why did that transition come? Why did you decide to go down that route? I think I initially, I liked the idea of having a passive income stream. I say passive in like yeah, quotes yeah. Uh, because it's not really <laughs> For a radio. Nikki's yeah, doing yeah. like air quotes. <laughs> yeah, air quotes. In, in the early days of my business, income was a really big motivator for me. So when I lost my job, I made it my mission to be like, okay, I just want to make more money than I made in my corporate role. And I was on like 100K. I think for me, a lot of it in the early days was like proving to myself that I can do something. And very quickly I did it. My first year I made 150K. And that was going from those $500 logos to like very quickly upping my price with every project. I was like, I was I'm say, learning That's heaps. a lot of $500 logos. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so very quickly increased my price, but I also, I was doing way too much in my first year. Like it was a lot. And in saying that I don't regret it because I learned what I learned, but then in doing all of that, I learned so much. And I was like, if I can give this to other people, my background obviously is teaching. I have a degree in education. It has been amazing. Yeah. Web design fits naturally with brand 
Yes. We ate shit. It's a perfect match. And that's why I love it because it's a creative outlet. And yeah, that's the part I love. I just wanted to touch on the difference between web design and web development because they're not the same things. Yeah. So I think some people that you talk to will say, yeah, developer sits there and writes code. Like that's basically what it is. But nowadays you don't need to write code. Like you literally don't need to do touch one single line of code code to build a really custom, beautiful website that's responsive and has great security and has its backups and is good for SEO and all of those types of things. So I use a page builder called Elementor. Divi is another like leader in the space. I would say those are the two main. With that, you can design anything that you could design in Illustrator, you could design in Elementor. I don't even design in a third party. Like I don't do a a wireframe or a mock-up or anything first because I'm so confident with the program that I use that I just go straight into the website and I build it. So straight away, you're cutting out a step. You can go to your client and be like, here's your website and it's working and you can review it there. I don't need to now go and develop it. I'm not, you know, so that takes away like a lot of the process. Um, And again, like gives you that opportunity to increase your income while doing less work. Um, so the technology has just evolved past the point of needing to sit in Dreamweaver and yeah. code things. Like- CSS code, everything. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's an important point because there's a level of comfort for designers in designing a website, like going mm. into Illustrator and doing some page layouts. Yeah. But the thought of then actually going and building that yeah. is the thing that's intimidating because it mm. is wrapped up in implications of code as soon as you hear web dev you think of someone in a darkened room like writing reams and reams of code yeah and it's always a man (laughs) it's a a bit of a blokey job yeah (laughs) and it doesn't need to be yeah exactly and I think it's really important to talk about that that web dev Mm. isn't this somehow obscure thing that as creatives we can't touch because it's a creative process in itself I really believe that this is a great opportunity for creatives if it tickles your fancy. There was a point in my business where I partnered with someone and they were building the website. So I would design the website and they would build it. Yep. Being the impatient person that I am, there'd be final tweaks and I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to go and do them myself. Mm. So I gradually learned a bit about Divi. And in the end, I was sort of like, oh, actually, I might just, I reckon I could do this. Mm. So, as you say, there was a learning curve, but what it did do at the time in my business was accelerate my income. Yes, it was yep. a bit more work, but it wasn't more clients because I was totally. just adding that service on. So suddenly what yep. I was paying out to that other person, I was charging myself. And Keeping then I put in-house. Up those prices anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It had a huge impact on my income and the kind of mm-hmm. relationship I have with my clients too. You mentioned it, that you made mistakes in the beginning. Mm. We've always got to know about the mistakes as well as the wins. Yeah. So what are the most common pitfalls? What are the things that perhaps designers who go, oh, you know, web development is probably a good segue for me or it's a good extension. What are some of the things you see those early mistakes? Mm. I think it's a huge thing because like if you look at Elementor and I actually have a free tutorial on my website, you can build a one-page website. It's a 30-minute tutorial. And if you watch that, you will know a lot about the page builder and how to use it. And it's free. You don't even need a download or anything like that. I think people see things like that and then they go, cool, I can build a website. 
and you can, you can build a website. You can use these two plugins, Elemental, Elemental Pro, and you can build whatever the fuck you want. However, with that, you're not going to have a technologically sound website. So you build a form using Elemental Pro and your emails aren't going to send. You don't know that's an issue until your client comes to you because you set the website up, you go live, you test the form and it works. Three weeks later, PHP Mailer is notoriously bad. So when your forms aren't sending or three months later and your client comes to you and they go, oh, someone told me that they sent a form, but they never got back to me. And that was like a month ago. Oh, such and a common thing. Yeah. And then like how many leads have they lost because you didn't set up SMTP because you didn't know that you needed it. These things that you don't know until you know them and then you Google it and you go down this rabbit hole of, okay, which, which SMTP is the best to use? Um, oh, this, there's this one that's $30 a month. Oh, that's all right. I'm willing to pay $30 a month to, you know, have something that works. But then you build up all these subscriptions to all these things that you don't necessarily need. So throughout my time, I've, I've tried all of the things. I've even from round one to round two of my course, I've changed things of how I do them because I've figured out, okay, this one you don't need to pay for, this one you do need to pay for, this is the best one, um, even though it's free, you know, all of these types of things. So it's things like SMTP, security, um, backups, hosting, the tech side is where people fall down. And I think it's because it does seem really overwhelming and it does seem like it's a lot to learn and it's it does seem hard and that's where a lot of like fraudy feelings come from. This isn't for me. I shouldn't be doing this. And it's not till you you have those mistakes and you're like where I want to be. There's this gap between what I want to do and what I can do, but it's like getting there and you can get there through time. I got there. It took me like probably, like I said, the second round of my course, that's three years in. Now I get it. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought I did in the first round, but I'm still in the field. So I'm still learning. And even since I released the course, I'm like, okay, guys, I've just played this week. I'm just playing with a new um, project management tool. And I'm like, okay, this needs to become a new iteration of my course because nothing else has hit the mark with that so far. So I think with anything, you can learn on your own or you can take the shortcut. For me, I will always take the shortcut and learn from someone who's done it. At the time when I started my business, there wasn't anything like this in the field. And even to this day, there, there are other web development courses, but I think where mine differs is that I cover those technological things in much greater detail. And I have had people do other courses and then still do mine because there are things that are missing, like how to fix a hack site, how to fix a critical error. Like these are things that you need to know as a web developer, because if you're developing a website for someone and they come back to you because they've got a critical error and you go, oh, I don't know how to fix that. That's just a huge gap and missing piece of the process. I think it's really critical to be able to support your clients with the things that they need to do with their website, like not just design it. So yeah. yeah. And look, I think for me, I've definitely, it's it's a minefield and it's a rabbit yeah. hole. When something comes yeah. up, you Google how to fix yeah. X error and you'll get a thousand different blogs and chat threads about how to do it or not do it. Yep. But once you know, you know, that's the thing that yeah. I find. Once you find that solution, and I've got this like ongoing document that I keep of fixes for different things that come up. Oh, that's a great idea. Because once you find the fix, like sometimes it, you know, things evolve and change. Yeah. But generally, then that's a okay, another notch on my confidence bedpost yeah. <laughs> of yeah. how to fix things. Yeah. But sometimes it can be it can take a long time to get to that fix. Yeah. And you're right. Having the shortcut is a real confidence giver. And I kind of go, what's the point in wasting so much time mm. trying to work out how to fix something that someone's already done that work? 
totally fit in that yeah and how much like loss like how much time are you spending trying to learn it but how much like lost revenue are you doing like not not knowing it from the start a a lot of people that go through my course they say like the confidence thing that just flipped for me instantly I was like charging one and a half k for a website now I'm charging 5k for a website you'll make your money back in one project and people have I think the hardest thing for me well there's lots of hard things but starting with that blank screen if you like canvas okay how do how do I actually start the hosting? What hosting do I need? How do I even install this builder? And then how do I get started with that builder? And what do Mm. I need to do to set up the theme? So it was that just, how do I actually start? I've always got started at a point where someone else Mm. has actually done that groundwork. And like the good thing with that stuff is that you really do only need to do it once. Like the way I teach, I teach that you build a base site and you have all of your plugins in there. They're all configured. They're all ready to go. So the next time you build a website, all you have to do is click once, like click clone and clone it. And then you just go on with the build. So, um, but it's still valuable to know those things because it gives you confidence in the sales piece, knowing that all of that base stuff is configured. And then also that you're using plugins that work, that work well together. They're like industry level plugins and that down the track, that's going to actually like solve 90% of the issues that you're going to come up up against anyway. So it's going to reduce rework and it's going to reduce, you know, needing to fix things down the track. So it's a really solid place to come from. Yeah. So we've talked a bit, we've talked about the pitfalls and you've touched Mm. on one of the biggest opportunities, which is the revenue opportunity, obviously. Huge. <laughs> it's huge. It, you know, it's just such a no-brainer because you've already yeah. got the captive audience. If you're a brand designer, you're already yeah. working with people who are going to want to either build or refresh a website. Yeah. Are there any other important benefits? If you're tossing up, do I bring this into my business? Mm. Is it is it worth it? Obviously, it is worth it from purely from mm. a cash point of view. But what else is there to encourage people to do this? For me, the key benefits are like income and freedom. Yes. The, the main piece is obviously when you book a project. So just yesterday I had a meeting with a client and she's doing brand and e-com and it's 13K project. That's me. If I just do that for the next two months, like that's all I need to do. So in doing that, that's a high influx of income, but associated with that is not that much time spent. So similar to brand, like I don't think there's anything else in this industry. Graphic design, if you're designing like a PDF, like a annual report, that's going to take you 50 gazillion hours. And what can you charge for it? Maybe like a thousand dollars, right? Because it's not <laughs> that technical, but a brand, brand is hard to do because there's something you can't teach there. There's like a vibe and that is a very, very hard thing to nail. And that's why people pay big bucks for it. And then similarly with website, what they pay big bucks for is like the tech expertise because it's hard because they don't understand it because it's scary and so people will pay good money for it whereas like I said when you have this base site to clone that cuts out probably like four or five hours of a project so for me the actual build time of a website is anywhere from 10 to 20 hours so I could easily build and launch a website with 10k in a week that's easy for me (laughs) and so with that becomes a lot of flexibility like time off I get my nails done every week I regularly (laughs) get massages I go for walks I spend a week on the couch if I want to like all of these things so that's a huge one for me that flexibility but then coming back to the income yes we have these influxes of income but we also have this opportunity to host website the potential of that is huge so at the moment I make about 2k in hosting per month And along with that, I spend about 30 minutes each week updating the websites and that 
that's it. That's literally it. And so I'm at a point now where that 2K like covers all of my expenses and anything I make on top of that is income. So eventually I want to get it to the place where that hosting income covers my expenses and then it covers my salary. And then I want to get it to a place where it covers me to not work. (laughs) My goal is 20K a month in hosting and I will get there eventually. I just have to keep doing websites to get to that point. Um, so it's such a huge opportunity. And the reason that people don't do it is because it's scary, all of these things. But again, once you have it set up well, once you know what you're doing, it actually makes your job easier because it's going to be quicker for you to support your clients when you know those systems inside out. So I'm like, guys, there's no reason not to do it. (laughs) Please do it. It's genuine passive income actually, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's kind of one of the only things that really is and it's recurring and it's scalable. So every new project, because of the way I position it, I haven't had a client not opt for my hosting in a really long time. So it just grows and grows and grows. So yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's a it's a no brainer. Yeah. Now then, so, how the hell do we get started, Nikki? <laughs> Obviously, um, we come and do your course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate being that person that's like salesy and never pushy about it. I always try and like give away as much of my knowledge as I can for free. I'm always like, guys, just to hear me if you have questions, I'll help you, even if you haven't brought one thing off me ever. Um. So even just checking out like my Instagram and my blog, there's like heaps of tutorials that you can kind of get started with heaps of like information and I think a lot of web developers follow me just for like ideas of what to post because I'm always <laughs> just giving it all away yeah. um so that's a really great place to start some of my favorite um Facebook groups um web designer boss ladies that's yeah joining Facebook groups oh uh, yeah oh <laughs> uh, she's so good it's such a great group like everyone's so supportive and helpful in there and It's one of my favorite places to hang out. So I really love it. Start immersing yourself in the industry. Start having a play, like start figuring it out out if it is for you. Um, I think really the main place to start is deciding which builder you want to use. So like I said, Elementor and Divya are the two main ones. That can be a really good place to start and deciding who you want to learn from because there's a few courses in the industry that people teach different like builders. And that's kind of like one of the main things that you really need to get to know, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Look, I love that you have suggested that there's free resources and things out there. Like we said, there's always the option to go and work it out Mm. for yourself. And I'm also a fan of that. Like I love going and digging around and watching YouTube tutorials and self-learning. That for me is quite satisfying and I see it as a challenge to go and work it out. It's just a choice, isn't it? You can either Mm. choose to go that way. You can choose to expedite it and get there quickly, you know, learn from someone else. And sometimes I think maybe a good approach is that you test the water and see, as you say, if it's something you, and then go and go, right, I'm going to invest in some learning. Yeah, totally. And I think it's as well, like figuring out who you're going to learn from and kind of what style you like and all of these types of things. So yeah, there's a number of courses out there now. What do you think of some of the important considerations for someone if they're deciding, is it right for me or not? I'm a graphic designer. Mm. Is it a good idea for me to stretch myself into web dev? I really don't see any downsides to it, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I don't it's know. It's just like, a yes for me. For me. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, it is a yes for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the only downside to it is that tech side and that that fear. And I know when you have an issue, I know that thing of like, okay, what the fuck do I do? It's the most horrible feeling. It's stressful. But coming through it, I think there's nothing that I haven't been able to tackle yet. And it's just having the confidence, like you say, to know that you can learn how to do it, I guess. And 
for me, having those groups to refer to, like my Facebook group for the course grads is really, really active still. And, you know, we still have questions that come up all of the time. This week I had a student who was stuck with a migration. So everyone jumps in there and they're like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Just having a supportive environment or a place that you can go to to ask questions who are going to support you and not you know, put you down or treat you badly or go, oh, what are you doing in this industry if you don't know how to do that? Yeah, that's going to turn you off really, really quickly. So that's the challenge and there are ways to overcome it. I don't, like personally, I don't see any other challenge, to be honest. <laughs> do you have any you can point out? Maybe I'll try and debunk them. That's <laughs> yeah, for a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> um. Look, I think at the time that I took it on, it was a no-brainer in terms of the revenue mm. that it gave me, the skill set that I was able to develop. And even if I don't continue to use that skill set, I now mm. feel in a position to be able to help a client out, be able to make yeah. recommendations to a client, to really just guide them if I think they're not being given the right advice. Mm. So it's a skill set that I'm really happy I've got regardless. And it's great for me and my own website, let's be honest. Yes, I don't have to totally. go and get someone else to update my website because I'm tinkering around with that. All, the, all time. the time. Yeah. Websites are not static. They're always changing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually not, I think as designers, you know, we're using programs every day anyway. So it's actually not a difficult skill to learn in reality. No. Yeah. How important do you think it is, Nikki, when you invest in or you work with a client to develop their website that you build something that they are then able to update themselves? I, I'm not sure I have a view on this. I think some clients want that control others don't mm. do you think it's like a prerequisite of, of websites these days that people should be able to manage it themselves going forward um yes and no I think it depends on your target audience so that is definitely one of my key sales points is that I say you can update it yourself but I'm here if you don't want to I've kind of reached the point in my business where the people that hire me and like because of my price point and my messaging and stuff like that, the people that come to me don't want to update it themselves. They don't have time to learn it. Um, but it really depends who your target audience is. I think for a lot of people who are starting in web dev, their target audience is people who are starting their business. And so that becomes a really key piece of messaging. Um, I do think it's important that the client has full ownership of their site and they can do those things if they want to. There are also web developers that gatekeep. They don't give their client full admin access, which I think is like a really unethical thing to do. So you have to figure out where it sits in your business, really. I've always felt good about this as an option for designers. I don't think every designer has to do it, but mm. certainly if you're sitting there going, how am I going to get an uplift in my revenue quickly and without yep. maybe having to overinvest, this is a really good thing to consider. So thank mm. you so much for giving us as pure designers the confidence <laughs> to do it. Is there any last little bit of wisdom that you can share? One thing I've been thinking about lately is um, the idea of traditional jobs and like the sense of stability and security in them is just not there anymore. And I think once you learn on your own how to make money and you learn to back yourself, have your own business and you figure out like literally, like I say, make again in inverted commas, we're making money out of thin air. And to me, that is such a, it's it's such a wondrous concept to me and I love it. And the further along I go on this path, I'm like, work doesn't have to be hard. You know, your job doesn't have to be hard. You can do work that you love and enjoy and fuels you and make really good money for it. And I just think that's just such a beautiful thing. 
So if you're like on the fence or you're a side hustler or whatever it is, you know, um, I'm sure you have people who are kind of just starting out. It's just, if you keep going on this trajectory, you'll get to a place where you're making really good money and you're doing really beautiful things in your life and your work and your business. And I wish that for everyone. (laughs) Mate, that is the message of the week. I am so in love with that. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, oh, thanks so much, Nikki, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. As always, we could have nattered forever. Yeah, totally. (laughs) we've got to stop somewhere. (laughs) So thanks so much, my love. Have an amazing day. No worries. You too. I will talk to you. I'll see you on the gram. (laughs) Thanks, my love. Bye, Vicky. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at beckhughesbranding. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Penguin Music on Pixabay.